And I think, ironically, education starts in the hospital, not in the not when the kid goes into pre-K or kindergarten or child care. And this this was a pretty important group who are trying to grow the economy. And they said, well, we just don't know what kindergarten readiness is. John List, the chair of the economics department at the University of Chicago, says the number one indicator of the financial sustainability of a community is are your kids ready for kindergarten, which then ties it into as long as you're doing it for the hospital and the school district, do it for small businesses because the strength of any rural community is building your small businesses. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results, and they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. It's my pleasure to welcome back Quint Studer, who will be keynoting at our conference on April 20th. That conference is focused on strengthening rural America by connecting healthcare and education. We're so looking forward to that conference and looking forward to Quint kicking off of the day for us. So it's my pleasure today to welcome back to our show, Quint Studer. Really excited to have Quint back. It's been a while since we've connected on our show. So thank you for being here with us today, Quint. Oh, I'm, I'm privileged. So let's start. You and I have connected a little bit, but on April 20th, you'll be keynoting our Strengthening Rural Communities Conference. We're bringing together healthcare and education leaders who are significant to rural communities, two of the biggest organizations and industries in those communities. So as you've worked with rural communities over the years, what have you learned, Quint? Well, I think with rural communities, um, and I've did a lot of work. In fact, when I was in education, that's sort of what I did was bring services to small rural school districts that might not be able to do it on their own. So I've always had a love for, for not only rural school districts, but rural health care, too. You know, I call them essential players. Um, I, I think there's a, a symbiotic connection more so probably in rural communities than anywhere, though I think it's strong anywhere. So if you look at healthcare, it comes down to talent. If we can agree on one thing, that it all comes down to talent. And so it's, can you get talent to work in your organization? And the disadvantage for a small hospital is if they don't have talent, they don't have the depth of a large healthcare system, which means they're going to probably be paying either a lot of overtime and wear their employees out, or they're going to be paying agency costs. So here's a place that even has more financial challenges now having more financial challenges. Huh. When you look at talent, and attracting people to your community, education plays a key part. Number one is, first of all, they're educating your potential employees. And today, I think you many healthcare jobs, you could actually almost do on-the-job training for some of them. You know, people think healthcare, they might think of a nurse or a doctor, but there's facilities, there's food service, there's housekeeping, there's engineering, there's finance, there's human resources. So in essence, you're hospital or your health system is only going to be as strong as their talent. So the provider of your talent is the school district. Also in attracting talent, one of the things that anyone's going to ask is how is the school system? So I think there's a real strong relationship that the healthcare provider really needs to be heavily invested in the, in the school system. So Thanks for that, Quint. You and I had talked about it. We work with one healthcare organization um, and a school district in Hillsboro. You know, Rex Brown had one great of my connections idols. with you. 
<laughs> He's so wonderful. And just his commitment to the school district and the partnership that we have there has shown how, how important those two organizations are. So, you know, I think about David Powell, who's the superintendent at Hillsboro, and then there's Rex Brown, who is the healthcare administrator and president, so CEO. So, you know, you think about the those two individuals as well as other leaders, you know, what are some actions leaders can do to just strengthen rural communities in general? Well, the interesting things you bring up, if you notice, these are CEO of the hospitals been there a while. So while I talked earlier today about how healthcare needs the school district so much, I think the school district's got to take a lot of leadership because in reality, usually a superintendent of schools will be in a community longer than a small hospital CEO, particularly with so many small hospitals no longer being locally owned. These people move around and you can't hold them back from moving around. So I think that's where the superintendent plays a key role too in developing that relationship. So let me just give you some, I think, things that they can do to really make a huge difference. Now, not every small community delivers babies, but many of them do. So for example, I was talking to a smaller hospital in Dixon, Illinois, and they do 450 births a year. And if people are unaware of what I've been doing for the last five years, it's really focusing in on brain development of children. And 85% of the brain is developed by age three. So we've got a program called Build a Brain, Build a Life, Build a Community. And I think, ironically, education starts in the hospital, not in the it's not when the kid goes into pre-K or kindergarten or childcare. So what we recommend, it's very inexpensive too, is that when a mom has a baby while they're there, they watch a video that we've done in cooperation with the University of Chicago, which ties into the medically why the brain needs to be built and how you do it. Once we show them medically how to do it, then we give them tips on how to build the brain. And we've had it peer reviewed by the University of Chicago, which shows we can turn the dial. The next thing is they go home with a resource kit. Of course, if you know me, we measure everything. We now measure a mom's perception of how to build a brain prior to the work and after, and it goes from about a 7.5 to about a 9.5. What we've also implemented, I think, is where these two can work together is um, Boston Basics, or we, you can call it after your own community. It was developed by Dr. Ronald Ferguson at Harvard. And a mom signs up and gets a text. Every week, they get two texts or a mom, whoever signs up. One tells you where your baby's brain should be about the age of the child. The other thing tells you what you should be doing with your child to build the brain. And if you think about that, it's only $6 per year. Also, you can put in four non-standard questions or texts per month. So a school district could easily start texting to the mom, here's what you should be doing to get your child ready for VPK. Here's what you should be doing. I think if there's only one thing, and I try to be real specific, there's only one partnership that happens. And the school district really likes it because for years, the public school system had paid the price for children not being ready for kindergarten. I mean, it just happened last week. I was on a phone call and so I said, our problem is our our public school system. <clears throat> and I said, well, why don't you check kindergarten readiness? Now, some states measure it, some states don't. This was Florida, which does a nice job measuring. And this, this was a pretty important group who are trying to grow the economy. And they said, well, we just don't know what kindergarten readiness is. John List, the chair of the economics department at the University of Chicago, says the number one indicator of the financial sustainability of a community is, are your kids ready for kindergarten? So that would be one thing. I think just makes all the sense in the world. The second key point I would implement is if you think about it, 
the the healthcare system have all these employees between the school district and them they're either one and two in in size of employees right. wouldn't it be neat because the school district has all these parents if they sent texts based on what the hospital did about health of you and health of your child mm. what are some healthcare tips that you'd be giving your people that work in the school system which of course will benefit the school system benefit their benefit plan but it also halos what the healthcare system should be doing anyway. Now, on top of it, you think about the healthcare system. What if they could, and they know which of their parents have children in the school system. What if they could work a collaborative with the school district that on a regular basis, certain text goes out to the parents of the healthcare. For example, wow, Thursday is finals at the, at the school district. One of the things we really recommend because you have a child in the high school here is make sure they get good rest, make sure they eat a good meal, make sure that they're prepared. This, this could be such a closer relationship when you think about how we can help each other out. Just think about that. We're, we're sending messages to the school district people on health, what to do, flu shots and so on, nutrition. But then we're sending notes to the educators too, on what they can do in health. And then we send notes to the healthcare people talking about what's going on in school. This should be prepared. We know that if a child goes to VPK, they're going to do better in kindergarten than if they don't. Why shouldn't a hospital know every parent who has a child that's three to get them ready for VPK? So that would be a second element I would do. The third element is playgrounds. If you look at where the two can collaborate, one of the things we've done in Pensacola is build early learning playgrounds because playgrounds are usually built to develop a child physically, but not mentally. So we've been very fortunate to get some philanthropists who have stepped up and say, <clears throat> we'll build a playground. And we've built them. Really, we have one for very small children, which is sensory. We learned this in Scandinavian countries have early learning playgrounds. And then we have other ones now, and it's sort of getting popular now, you know, a playground goes, particularly you can pick different neighborhoods based on socioeconomic status, if you'd like. And then somebody in the community says, well, we'll put $25,000 in to make uh, an early learning playground. Yeah. So, and, and then you can build early learning into everything. For example, Janet, one of our season ticket Blue Wahoo people, as you are, you know, when you walk up the stairs, kids can learn the alphabet, they can learn colors, they can learn shapes, they can learn numbers. I had a father tell me the other day that his child learned how to count by coming <laughs> to Blue Wahoo Stadium because that's where he wanted to do that. I've always been amazed at how we don't build learning into our current environment. Even school playgrounds don't have learning built right. into them. So I think you can build le early learning into playgrounds. And now my, my fourth component of this, maybe it's five, but I think it's four, is sharing leadership. <laughs> because what you've got here, and, and this is what I have found. Uh, in a small community of Palatka, one of the things they want to do is do more skill building and training. But, you know, hospitals in general do a pretty good job in supervisor training. Hospitals today tend to do a pretty good job managing, you know, preparing their leaders, how to hire, you know, how to do process improvement, um, how to communicate, you know, onboarding, performance management, all those key techniques that every leader needs. I would think that the healthcare system in general, and that's what got Rex Brown going, could be a great resource to co-mingle the training and development of what that both entities, because they're very much alike. They're very much in the, 
into, you know, people want to be useful, they want to be helpful, um, but they want to build their skills. So I think we're talked a lot about what the school district can bring to the healthcare system. I think normally the healthcare system can bring some solid training and development, um, at least work together in partnership on skill building, which then ties it into as long as you're doing it for the hospital and the school district, do it for small businesses. Because the strength of any rural community is building your small businesses. Because what's happened in all these towns is they've exported talent and they've lost talent over the last five decades. And if I do a search firm, Janet, I'm going to pay $43,000 to get talent. Yet our rural community has been exporting talent and getting nothing. So all the techniques I'm giving you are all geared toward keeping talent home and getting talent back. Yeah, those great suggestions, Quint. And, you know, as I think about what you say, that they're not so difficult to do. I mean, we could go out tomorrow and say, hey, we're going to do them right now. I I think sometimes I've given made it look too simple and and people think that it has to be complex. If I don't have an overhead that's hard to read, people won't buy into it. And in healthcare, I used to say, I might have to make this more difficult so people will be attracted to it. <laughs> but you know, think about the, the techniques. It costs less than $25 per child is what we've got it figured out to for a child to get the brain belt building in the hospital. And anybody can afford that. That's a simple tool. Then it takes $6 per child per child to get these texts, mom to get these texts. That's pretty, pretty simple. You're building playgrounds anyway. Why not just build early learning into your Mm -hmm. playground? You're already communicating with your educators and your healthcare workers, but why not educate them? Like I said, the healthcare workers on what's going on in the school district, the school district on how they can be healthy healthy and so on. And then in the area of leadership development, um, you know, that's what you have an expertise in. What would it cost for the school, the hospital or the school district to co-mingle a lot of their training? Yeah. But it doesn't have to be all the time. You could you could do one day together, second day separate. But hey, selection is selection. Rounding okay. is rounding. Thank you mm-hmm. notes are thank you notes. Onboarding is onboarding. We are not terminally unique here. They're very much alike, as is every small business in the community. Yeah, I love it. As we continue to think about that, I mean, what you're talking about does help us build vibrant communities. Are are there any other things as we bring that community together to try to strengthen those rural communities? Anything else that you would add? I think the the one I would add is sitting back together and talk about how do we help these small businesses in our community? Because in reality, both the, the school district particularly is dependent on people moving into town, people staying in the town property tax. The hospital is very caught up in population growth and payer mix. And both of those are run by a group called small business people in your community. Almost 90% of all jobs are created by small businesses. Yet we get so caught up on trying to attract big businesses that we miss what's right in front of us. So I would think they could get together and certainly talk about how do we strengthen our small businesses? How do we encourage our employees who are one and two to shop locally? How do we encourage them to get, how do we help our small businesses get training and development? You know, Janet, because you're in Pensacola, five years ago, we started really developing small businesses and and we have 900 of them now signed up for our training on a regular basis, running round tables. And it's all it takes is getting these small businesses together and they almost start solving each other's problem, but they're not going to go to a conference out of town. They're not going to pay a lot of money. 
and you got to make it sort of very accessible to them. So I think between the intelligence, if you look at, I've known a lot of superintendents are very smart people. I've known a lot of hospital executives. They're very smart people. Why couldn't they put their heads together and come up with programming for small businesses? And just think if you're, think about how cool it is. Because in a hospital, everybody's a small business person. The person running radiology is running a small business. That's right. Now, now if you look at the school district, what are they looking for? They've got students and teachers that are caught up in how to develop people for, for business. So, for example, my grandson, Caden, goes to the school district in Janesville, Wisconsin. And as a senior, he's in a program which introduces him to small businesses. So I, I think that would be something that they could really do together. Yeah, so exciting. So much opportunity. And we're looking forward to our April 20th conference where we bring our uh, rural leaders together in education and healthcare. So as we close today and prepare for you to kick our conference off as our keynote speaker, what thoughts do you leave us with, Clint? I think we're all in this together. And, and I think what's happened over the years is, is school districts become, you know, they become insulated and there's so much pressure on the school district today. There's just so much pressure that you can tend to be insulated and, and you don't have time to work on your business because you're so busy working in it. I think as a, in a healthcare, especially at the executive level, there, there's turnover, not at the supervisor level. So, so my message is capital follows talent and talent follows place. So if the hospital and the school district can create great places for people to work and then together create a great place for people to live, they will get talent. And whoever wins the talent war will basically be the one that truly becomes the most sustainable small community. Quint, thank you so much for being with us today. Look forward to you being with us on April 20th. I'm really excited about this conference. We work with some good people in general and just in our rural communities. Um, well, those relationships are very special. I know they have been to you as well. Well, that's how student education was born. I mean, you know, I, I, working in a small community, again, they said, why can't we do this stuff in education? And being that my bachelor's and master's is in education, it just seemed like a natural to, to do what we've done. And of course, you've taken it and made it just absolutely wonderful. So yeah, it sort of was born together. So why not bring it back together? Nice. I agree. I'm so excited about that. And there's more for us to do and for you and I to connect with to, to figure out how to make the difference and help people in ways that are meaningful to them. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I love this episode. Quint provided several simple actions that make a valuable difference in our communities. Please join us and hear more from Quint's keynote and our partner organizations at Strengthening Rural America at our conference on April 20th. If you live in rural America, gosh, this is a must. And if you don't, there are so many ideas that you can translate, even if you live in other geographies. In rural America, we have an opportunity to start small and then go fast. And that's a good lesson for all of us to learn more about. Go to studereducation.com slash events to register. This conference is our gift to you. So please register today to be part of this great event that connects healthcare and education to build vibrant communities. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast, rate us on iTunes if you'd like, and find us on Instagram. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.